You are listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. Today's message comes to us from Pastor Jeff, and it is kicking off our brand new series, Getting Over It, Getting Over Anger. Have a listen. Getting Over It. This is uh, our new series. If you could put that slide up, you'll see this slide on our social media and stuff, and this for the next four weeks, we're going to be getting into this series called Getting Over It. And I thought that we would start the year just looking at really practical things that, uh, that can creep into our lives that we need to, to move on from. We need to get over. And uh, the hurdle is there. And sometimes, have you ever watched a, a race, and um, like a, a hurdle race? And somebody hit, knocks over a, a hurdle, and then they knock, knock over the next one, and then the next one, and then they trip on it, and you go, oh, that's nasty, you know? Like, we want to be people who can get over the hurdle in our lives, and uh, I have a few topics and ideas that I wanted to just discuss with you. So the first one is, are you ready for this? Anger. We got to get over it. It's time to get over it. It's a real problem in our world and in our lives. I see it all over the place, almost, almost constantly. It's a scripture that I want to start with, uh, James 1, verse 19 and 20. And it says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Isn't that, isn't that very, very clear? Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires for us. We are living in a time, have you noticed? Oh my. We are living in a time when anger seems to be all around us, everywhere. Like, we're angry at everything. We're angry at the government. Sometimes, oh, right? We're angry at our spouse. We're angry at our children, our parents, our, our teachers, our employers, our employees. Like, people are angry at the world. Have you noticed? Like, you spend any time on social media, any time, like five minutes on any social media platform, you will see it everywhere. It's like, infect, it's like infected everything we do. I, I'm telling you, I, there's some day, I, I, like social media scares me sometimes. The, 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 the anger and the darkness that comes out of people, it's freaky. I, I'm telling you, if I type today, I went home today and I type, pick your, pick your poison, Twitter, Facebook, whatever one you want. If I typed, the sky is blue, it wouldn't be too long, I'm telling you, before somebody would say, how dare you say that? My sky is gray, and you are... And I'm like, I just thought the sky was blue. Like, what in the world is going on? Why are we like warriors behind the keyboard, and we're allowed to like say anything we want, be as angry as we want, be as vile as we want, and somehow we don't have an anger problem. It's weird. I actually read this week when I was prepping for this series that anger 
is more prevalent in the 21st century than happiness is. The, the, the person was going on to say that people are more angry. There's more people that are angry than people that are happy. Isn't that, I was like, wow. There's more people that are angry than are happy. And I thought to myself, man, we need to get this under control. Because if we don't control this, it's going to control us. I, I saw this quote from Mark Twain. It made me laugh. And he said this. He said, it takes me a, a long time to lose my temper. But once lost, I couldn't find it with a dog. And I thought, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. Isn't it funny when you say, I lost my temper? I don't know, I don't know but find it quick. Just uh, don't. It's not something you want to lose. Uh, like anger is not something that God wants his children to be known for. It does not produce the righteousness that God desires for, for his people. So it, it's not something God wants for us. He, he doesn't want us to be known for it. Of course we all have anger. And I'm not talking about righteous anger, looking at injustice. I'm not talking about Jesus getting angry at the sinners in the temple. I'm talking about the bad anger stuff, okay? So that, that's a whole other, if I got into that, that, that's a whole other thing. Today, I just want to focus on, on, the, on the negative part that we need to get over. Angry Christians are not a good witness to the world. They're just not helpful. Um, there's a saying, actually, that anger is only one letter away from danger. Now, all of you who've had coffee would have already got that. You with me? I don't need to explain it. Go home and think about it, and you'll get it, okay? Anger is only one letter away from danger, and I think that's truth. It's such an easy emotion to feel, isn't it? It's such, it seems to come so easily to us. It's easy to feel, but it's not always easy to control. And as believers, here's the good news. We have the Holy Spirit. And so self-control, right? Galatians 5 is one of the qualities that is given to us when we accept Jesus into our lives. It's called, right, the fruit of the Right, it's the fruit of the Spirit. The love, the joy, the peace, the pay, all those things. And the last one, he says, is self-control. And so this, this fruit of the Spirit, self-control, it has to do with mastering your impulses, your thoughts, and your desires. That you're, you, you, with the Holy Spirit's help, you're able to actually control your actions and even your reactions. Um, and if you are trying to not react to something, you know, brutal in an angry way, trust me, you're going to need the help of the Holy Spirit because the reaction will be anger uh, a lot of times. So it has to do with mastering this stuff in our lives. And believers, of course, are supposed to be growing in it, right? It's as we walk with Jesus and we become more like Jesus that the fruits of the Spirit become more, uh, more evident in our life, stronger, more powerful, um, including self-control, we're supposed to be growing in discipline. It's a part of who we are. Um, Self-control is a work of the Spirit. It is. And so it, the, the good news is this. When we, we struggle with anger or anger management, by the way, 
I just did this for fun. You go on Google or any search engine you want, just type in how to overcome anger. You'll be reading un like until Jesus comes. Days, days and days and days and days and days and days. I was like, wow. Like from the Mayo Clinic to pop psychologists to everybody under the sun. Everybody has different ways to get over your anger. But I, I'm here not as a pop psychologist, but as a minister of the gospel to say, we need the Holy Spirit to get over our anger. He's the greatest answer to, 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 to moving forward in this area of our lives. We need more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more kindness. All these things come when we spend time with the Holy Spirit, when we open our lives to his touch and say, whatever's wrong in me, Lord, take out. Whatever needs to be corrected, correct it. I am yours. Do with me what you want. Take out the bad stuff, Lord. Pour in the good stuff. And the more you're open, the more you surrender, then the more this begins to grow in your life. It takes some time, yes, but... But the more you're open to it, the quicker the process can, can happen. So when you demonstrate more control over your anger and over your thoughts, it's actually a sign, by the way, of growing maturity and growing dependence on the Holy Spirit. So if you used to be a person who was a complete hothead, you know, you know we've all known these people, you know, and they're kind of dangerous, right? One letter away from danger. You know, someone who's Real, got a really, really bad temper. I know you're thinking of somebody now. And you're spending time with them, maybe at school, or maybe at work, or maybe whatever it is. And you're always like walking around like on pins and needles. Because the explosion could happen at any time. I can't say the wrong word. I, I can't look the, right, the wrong way. Or I can't do anything wrong. You know, this... This, this is a bondage, right, that needs to be broken. And I think too many of us just tolerate it. Just say, oh, that's how I am. I have a bad temper. Really? And you're okay with that. I'm here to say, don't be okay with it. It needs to be healed and delivered and controlled and, and contained by the work of the Holy Spirit. So when you demonstrate control over it, you're actually showing that you're growing. And maybe there's some here or some that are watching that you've had problems with this in the past, but you feel like you're getting better in this. And uh, I say, amen, go for it. But understand, you're, 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 it means that you're, you're growing and uh, you're maturing and the Holy Spirit's doing something in you. And so that's a positive thing. So there's Anyway, I got to get going, but there's so many reasons we need to, to sort of get over this and to control this. Um, here's just a couple Proverbs written by the wisest uh, man that ever lived, Proverbs 15, 18. He says, a hot-tempered person starts fights, but a cool-tempered person stops them. So one reason to get over this and control this and get more self-control is anger starts fights, it causes conflicts, it hurts people. Um, look at Proverbs 14, 17. He said this, short-tempered people do foolish things. <laughs> no joke. Yeah, and schemers are hated. <laughs> short-tempered people do foolish things. 
It's so true. You know when people get angry when they, when they, re- when they lose it? You know, like they, they, they just go crazy. You know, like they break things. They, they hurt themselves. They, they hurt others. Some people don't like, like act like crazy, but it just burns on the inside. You know, like you could fry an egg on the top of their head. You know, like they're just burning. You know, you go, hey, are you angry? No, I'm not. Are you, you okay? No, I'm okay. Oh, okay. All right, that's cool. As you gently walk away, yeah. So we do foolish things. I read this story this week of this pastor, and he was he was uh, he was kind of laughing and pointing at himself um, about this topic. And he said, "I was um, at home one night, and he said I had this hankering for a big tall glass of chocolate milk." So he said, I poured myself a glass of milk, and then I went up into the cupboard to get the powder, you know? And um, as he reached for the powder that he was going to stir into his glass, he, he, uh, he knocked it over, it, it fell onto the floor, the lid popped off, and the powder chocolate went everywhere. And he was not happy. He said, actually, that he got so angry that he slammed his hand down and he broke his wrist. Yeah. And so then he's telling this story of having to go to church the next Sunday with a cast on his wrist. And everybody said, oh, pastor, what's happened to you? And then he's got to go, um, well, uh, you know, and he was telling this story about how foolish he felt, and um, just how silly it was, and he was embarrassed, and he said, it actually reminded me of a verse in Proverbs that Solomon had said in, in chapter 25, and I'll pull it up for you, Proverbs 25, 28, a person without self-control is like a person with broken down walls, and he said, I realize that uh, God's got to do some more work in me. So, Sometimes it happens, even to good people. <laughs> so here's, here's a few things I want to talk about. Go back to James 1.20 and look at this verse with me just one more time. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So it doesn't produce what God wants to produce in us. It leads us away from the righteousness that he wants, and it leads us uh, down another path. So the more we get a handle on this, understand, the more we get a handle on this, the more we can grow in righteousness, the more we can grow in God. So when you feel angry, you, you need to be honest about the why. Here's one of the things that's important as we're trying to get, get over this. When you get angry, you have to be honest about why you're angry. So and like, could, meaning, like, could there be something deeper going on than just the present situation that triggered you? Is there something else that's actually bothering you? You've really got to be honest about the why. Like you see it all throughout scripture, like Cain is really angry at his brother Abel, okay? He's so angry with him that he says they go out into the field and he, and he kills his own brother. But was he really angry at Abel? Or was, was it more about him being embarrassed and resenting God for not accepting his sacrifice. And then he just took it out on his brother. Like, it happens all the time. Like, King Saul is 
furious with David, tries to kill him multiple times. What did David do to him? Nothing. So what is it that is triggering his hatred and his anger towards David? Well, isn't it really his own sin, his own disobedience, and his own insecurity over his position? And David is a threat? Isn't it really more about that than what David did? The older brother in the prodigal son story, he's angry, so angry about the celebration that they were having uh, when his younger brother returned. I mean, was he really angry at his brother or did it really more stem from the belief that he had that he was being treated unfairly and that he was unappreciated? You know, like, what's the real reason? What's the honest reason? Like, is your anger really about the situation or is there a wound from the past that hasn't been dealt with properly? For us to be emotionally healthy people, we've got to be honest and you've got to have some self-awareness of the true source of your anger. Like the pastor says, is it, was it really the chocolate on the floor or was it something else that was bothering me? It was like, hello, yes. So like finding the source of your anger, it's honestly a big step to getting over it. You've got to be honest and find out why you think you're reacting the way you are and take it to the Lord for healing. There's bitterness, there's unforgiveness, there's rage, there's wounds from our past, and these things continually will pop up in situations that are unrelated to the, to the wound, but, the, but that deep wound and something triggers it and it all comes out again and again, and again, and again. We need to be healed. So we have to be honest about it. And second, I just wanted to say this. We need to release it. Look at Colossians 3, verse 8. It says, but now is the time. Just say that with me. Now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Now's the time. Not tomorrow, not next week, not when I got my life together, not when my kid is born, you know, not, not when my wife treats me better, not when like I win the lottery. Now is the time for me to get a handle on this because it's hurting me. Now is the time to get over this. When you feel anger rising up, when we feel anger rising up in us, we've got to find a way to release it. And I'm not, I'm not going to stand here. Uh, uh, look, how about this? Just go for a walk, take a time out, eat some comfort food, have some chocolate, call a friend, do whatever works for you, right? But find a way to release the angst that you feel rising up in you. Whatever works for you in a healthy way, please release it because we can't let it stay in us. This is where we run into trouble. When we have unresolved things going on, unresolved anger, unresolved pain, this is where we're in trouble. Paul actually talked about it in Ephesians. Put up for me Ephesians 4, verse 26. He said, and don't sin. So don't, let's not, by the way, it's, it's important that that word is there. Anger is sin. He doesn't, it's not appropriate. We need to get over it, Amen. Just, just go on, come on. Yeah, boy, it's quiet like a church mouse in here. Yeah, 
Is that because you're convicted or I'm just so good? I don't know. But either way, I'm just joking. About it. Listen, it's, it's, it's something. Anyway, don't let sin. Don't, and don't sin, sorry, by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger, this is important. This is why you don't want to let the sun go down on your anger. Because it will give a foothold to the devil. That's what he says. This is why it, we have to find a way to release it. We have to find a way to get over it. We have to find a way to, to, to be healed of this. We cannot let it stay in us. Because if we let our anger hang around, the enemy is going to take advantage of it. And he is going to hurt you with bitterness, with unforgiveness, with anxiety, with rage. All of these things grow in us. And it will only hurt us, others, and it will damage our connection to Jesus. We can't let this fester like an untreated wound. We wouldn't let a wound, a physical wound, go untreated. We know that the results of that are not good. We, 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 we look for ways to clean it out, get it healed, do the prep that needs to be done. You can't let anger fester like an untreated wound. The same thing will happen. Nothing good will come of it. The devil will get a foothold in your life, and when the door is open, he will pour everything in that you don't want. Everything. So it's important to get this out and to release it. And by the way, trying to suppress anger and like actually not releasing it and dealing with it and being healed of it, it's, it's trying to uh, suppress anger is actually exhausting and I believe that it's actually ultimately impossible. So I was thinking about it. Um, I was reading this article about suppressing anger, and I was like, this is nonsense. You can't suppress that. You know, um, like, I, this is the thought I had, and maybe this is the visual that will help you. You're in the pool or at the beach or you're in water, and someone tosses you a, uh, like a blow-up beach ball, you know? And you go out into the water or in the pool, and you push that sucker down. Now, how long are you going to keep that thing down for? You, 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 you take your eye off it. Like, it's, it's like trying to suppress anger. It, it's, it's like exhausting and impossible. It's like trying to hold a beach ball underwater. It's only a matter of time before that baby is going to explode out. It's just going to happen. Something's going to trigger the anger. Forgetting about suppressing it. I say, get over it in Jesus' name. He is the one that we need for this to happen. So these verses in James are actually reminding us that dealing with our anger, is, it's really, really important. Finding a way. Because if we don't, it's going to prevent us from becoming more like Christ. He says it won't produce the righteousness that God desires, and it will give a foothold to the devil. Two things that, that we want the exact opposite to happen. We want to grow and become more Christ-like, and we don't want to give an opening for, for the enemy to take advantage of us. So human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Look at this one last verse, Proverbs 14, 29. People with understanding control their anger, but a hot temper 
shows great foolishness. So we need to show some wisdom and some maturity here. We need to be honest. When we're struggling with this, or if you struggle with this in particular, we've got to get a handle on it because we're going to hurt ourselves and hurt everybody around us. We will seriously damage our ability to grow in Christ if we don't get over this. So all of us are running our race. All of us are on a journey, and the, the Holy Spirit is working on us all. And I, I saw this quote, uh, Richard Foster. He's authored several books. He, he said this. He said, Conversion does not make us perfect, but it does catapult us into a total experience of discipleship that affects every sphere of our living. And I thought, yes, that's so true. Like, we can't give Jesus just parts of us, right? We can't say, well, Jesus, help me with my you know, with my this, or uh, help me overcome this, or I'll give you this, or I'll give you that. But my anger, no, no, I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to keep that for myself. I like it. I get some satisfaction out of it. No, the point is, is you can't give Jesus parts of us and hold other parts back. He asks for it all, a full surrender of my life, all the good, all the bad, everything, I lay it all out for him because he wants to change and affect every part of who we are. Richard Foster is right. It is, we're converted. It doesn't make us perfect, but it does put us on to this journey of experiencing discipleship that should affect every sphere of our living. He, he's absolutely correct. So, when the Lord wants to sanctify us, make us holy, give us the righteousness, turn us into men and women of God, one of the things that we need to let go of, one of the things that we need to get over is our anger. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. Amen? Amen. Just bow with me for a moment as we just prep to close. So thank you, Lord, today. Thank you that uh, you're really, really patient with us. Thank you that because of the work of Jesus on the cross, that we will not experience the anger and wrath of God. Thank you that you have made us children of the Most High. Thank you that you are for us and not against us. Thank you, Lord. For those of us that know you, that you have catapulted us into an, a, a journey with you that is supposed to impact and affect every area of our life. I pray today, Lord, for everyone that's in the room and for all that are watching online today. Jesus, some of us need help with this. This is, this is a difficult one for some. There are wounds, Lord, in our past that have triggered us. There are things, Jesus, that have caused us to be angry and rightfully so. But yet the anger has lingered in our lives and it's been hurting us and becoming a negative impact on who we want to be, especially, Father, especially a, a huge hindrance to growing more like Jesus. And so, I ask you today in Jesus' name 
that you would give us, Lord, the strength, the wherewithal, and the determination. But mostly, Lord, the ability to surrender ourselves afresh to the work of the Holy Spirit. We don't need a pop psychology class, Lord. What we need is a touch of the Lord. And so we ask Jesus for all of us, all of us, Lord, need help with this. But if there's somebody in particular, Lord, I'm asking you today that you would begin a work of release in their lives, that there would be an honesty about what's going on and what they need to do and what they need to deal with, and that you, Lord, will help them heal them and help them to get over it in Jesus' name. And so I ask you, Lord, that we would be honest enough to give you access to this area of our lives. We won't cover it up. We won't deny it. We won't say it's okay. We would say, Lord, take it from me because I, I want to grow in God and this is going to hinder me from doing so. And so I ask today in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would do this in all of our lives and especially those, Father, who are struggling. Thank you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me just for a moment as we close. The, the whole deal about uh, so many things in life, always the first step, always the first step, always the first step is to find the Lord, is to open up your life to a relationship with Jesus, that he is alive, he is real, he can change you, he can do wonderful things in your life. This room is filled with people who would say amen. Amen? The people that are watching, you know what the Lord has done in your life. And if you are watching today and you've never known him that way, God is not dead, he is alive. And he wants a relationship with you, a personal relationship with you. The Bible says that he knows you by name, that he loves you deeply, that he wants you to experience his love, his grace, his salvation, his strength, his joy. He is so for you. He loves you so much that he gave his life for you. This is the love of God. It is the message of the gospel. He wants to touch you, to change you and to do what only he can do in your life. And so if you're watching today, it's th this isn't just about overcoming anger. This, this is about surrendering your heart to Jesus and letting him get rid of everything that's bad, right? This is just one little thing that we talked about today, but Jesus has this beautiful way of loving you, convicting you, challenging you, encouraging you, and doing it all at the same time. It's amazing because he is amazing. And so I just wanted to offer this to you today. It's important that when we gather, we proclaim the name of Jesus and we say he is the savior of the world. There is no other way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you know him, you have heaven and eternity to look forward to. And so I wanted to encourage anybody that's here or watching today, please give your heart to the Lord. This is always the first step. 
it just begins like this. And let's just bow together because I, I just feel like this might be valuable for someone. It just begins like this. You just, you just say words, simple words like this. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin and change me. Help me to overcome all the things that have been holding me back. Turn me into a new creation. Transform me. Pour your love into my life. I receive you. I welcome you. And I thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's just like that. It's not so much the words you say. It's the sincerity of how you say it. And if you mean it and you want to give your heart to the Lord, do it. If you want to reach out to us, go to our website, email us, contact us. We would be thrilled to help you, encourage you, and to guide you into your next steps. But there is hope and there is freedom in Jesus. And so today, it, I would just, it would be wrong of me not to offer you the hope that we have all found. Come on, folks. And his name is Jesus. It's Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, may your presence go with us. May your joy be upon us. May your freedom, Lord, be in us. Help us to be people who are controlled by the Spirit and not controlled by anything else. May, Lord, your anointing, your power, and your touch be on us, not just for our own good, but that we may be lights in a dark world, that we may be help to someone this week who needs our help. Thank you, Father. Thank you. May your favor, may your blessing, and may your peace go with us and rest on us today. We pray it in Jesus' name. You've been listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stouffville Pentecostal Church, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week.